grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning uh, we'll, we won't actually have a, a, a regular sort of sermon. It will be based on what happened at the first service where we sang those seven hymns. And we began with, uh, and, and I, I prepared a commentary on these seven hymns, which I will share with you now. Jesus assures us in John's Gospel, chapter 14, in my Father's house are many rooms. The Father's house is a spacious, grand mansion. Think of Mount Lofty House, but something far grander, with rooms for the apostles who heard Jesus with their own ears, and saw him with their own eyes back then. Rooms for the early Christian martyrs, many of whom lie buried in the five levels of the catacombs in Rome. Rooms adorned with scenes from the Bible and colourful paintings of Jesus, our Good Shepherd, painted in red and yellow, the bright colours that children love. Our Good Shepherd, that's the most frequent painting in those catechisms. These martyrs followed, have been followed by the great cloud of faithful witnesses down through the ages. So Sunday by Sunday we confess in the Nicene Creed as we just did now, I believe in one holy Catholic, meaning universal and apostolic church. And so in our holy communion services the minister sings or says, therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, meaning all the saints who've gone before us into paradise. With all the company of heaven, we adore and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing holy, holy, holy. There's a lovely prayer for all saints day in the alternative form of our divine services. It goes like this. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. In the blessedness of your saints, you have given us a glorious pledge of the hope of our calling, that moved by their witness and supported by their fellowship, we may run with perseverance the race that's set before us and with them receive the unfading crown of glory. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. You can find that prayer on page 71 of the hymn book. In honour of this first Sunday of Advent, this morning we sang uh, these seven hymns composed or translated by our forefathers and mothers in the faith. The first was a Latin hymn, it's number one, a Latin hymn composed in the 6th century AD, the Latin beginning, Vox clara ecce internat, behold a clear voice is calling. That hymn comes from the old Roman breviary, the old Roman prayer book, used by the monks in the dawn services in Catholic and other early Christian monasteries. These services at daybreak were called the office, meaning the worship order, the office of Aurora, or the morning office, or the office of Lords, the office of praises for the break of day. Now we sing that this morning. Now I'm, I'm just going to read verse 1. It's uh, 
Hark, a herald voice is calling, Christ is nigh, it seems to say. Cast away the dreams of darkness, O ye children of the day. Sixth century, sixth century, that's in the 500s um, AD. The second hymn was number four in our hymn book, Once He Came in Blessing, All Our Ills Were Addressing. Came in likeness, lowly, Son of God most holy. Bore the cross to save us, hope and freedom gave us. The footnote in the hymnal tells us that this hymn is dated 1544, two years before Martin Luther died. And it's attributed to Johann Rowe, a member of the Bohemian Brethren, otherwise known as the Czech Brethren or the Moravian Brethren. The Bohemian Brethren originated in Czechoslovakia 100 years before the Lutheran Reformation. Their leader was a priest and teacher, Jan Hus, John Hus. Hus and his followers opposed the Pope. The, the, it became a national movement because the Czechs were tired of so much of their money going down to Rome. Uh, their leader was, yes... Uh, they believed that we should receive both the bread and wine in Holy Communion. Hus was burned at the stake during the Council of Constance in 1415. In his funeral sermon for Martin Luther, it's about 125 years later, uh, after Hus was burned at the stake, in his funeral sermon for Martin Luther, Johannes Bugenhagen quoted Prince Frederick of Saxony's dream. Frederick was Luther's uh, faithful prince in Saxony. This is what he dreamt. You may roast a goose. Hus means goose in, in Czech. You may roast a goose, but in 100 years there will come a swan that you will not be able to burn. The Moravian churches survived and thrived. The Moravians have been known for going with their missions into some of the most difficult parts of the world, some of the most remote parts of the world. Governor Latrobe in Victoria uh, was a Moravian. Latrobe University is named after him. He encouraged his people to establish Aboriginal missions. So there were Moravian missions near Dimboola, that's near Natamak, if, if that might help, which is near Horsham. Uh, yes, a Moravian mission, mission there. Along the Murray River, where Pastor Doug Nichols, who later became South Australia's governor, grew up. This is a bio biography of Pastor Doug. And at Lake Tyres in Gippsland. The Anglicans also founded a mission at Lake Conda in the Western District. Without these missions... Victoria's Aboriginal people probably would have been wiped out. In South Australia, there was a Moravian mission at Bethel near Kapunda. So we thank God for John Huss and the Moravians. And I'll just read the first verse of that hymn, number four. Once he came in blessing, all our ills redressing, came in likeless Likeness, lowly, son of God most holy, bore the cross to save us, hope and freedom gave us. The next hymn that we sang, number 12, 
was composed by the Saxon court preacher and chaplain Johannes Illyrius, who lived from 1611 to 1684. Illyrius taught philosophy at the University of Wittenberg. He combined, uh, compiled a hymnal of more than 1,300 hymns, including 302 by himself. And the wonderful hymn there, uh, number 12 in the hymn book, Comfort, comfort, comfort ye my people. Comfort, comfort ye my people, speak ye peace, thus saith our God, but comfort those who sit in darkness mourning neath their sorrows load. Speak ye to Jerusalem of the peace that waits for them, Tell her that her sins I cover and her warfare now is over. The next hymn, number 13, was composed by Charles Coffin. So the footnotes say Charles Coffin, pronounced Charles Coffin. I don't know how good your French is, but uh, that's... He lived from 1676 to 1749. Coffin was a French teacher writer and rector of the University of Paris. He protested against his archbishop's writings, so his priest denied him the last rites when he was dying of pneumonia. In Catholic eyes, to be denied the last rites sends you straight to purgatory. But Coffin, or Coffin, was so dearly loved that 4,000 Parisians joined the funeral procession. Now, I don't know if there's any relationship between uh, Charles Coffin or Charles Coffin and Coffin Bay in South Australia. Um, uh, Coffin Bay, a lovely fishing spot and uh, a wonderful spot in South Australia. That is actually not, nothing to do with a funeral coffin. It's named after Sir Isaac Coffin of the British Admiralty. And the song... The hymn, On Jordan's Bank, the Baptist cry, announces that the Lord is nigh. Awake and hearken, for he brings glad tidings of the King of Kings. And then we have the triumphant hymn number 18, which is a favourite for Advent. Lift up your heads, ye mighty gates. Behold, the King of glory waits. The King of Kings is drawing near. The Saviour of the world is here. Life and salvation he doth bring, wherefore rejoice and gladly sing. We praise thee, Father, now, creator wise art thou. That hymn was written by George Weissel, 1590 to 1635, a German Lutheran minister and hymn writer who studied theology, that studies the word of God, etc., at uh, the University of Königsberg in Prussia. Now we sing two more, that was all included in the sermon and before the sermon. The offering hymn was from the supplement at the back of our hymn books. Charles Wesley had a hand in that. And I wonder if, do you know the story of the Wesley brothers? John Wesley, uh, let me find that hymn, 735. Yes, John Wesley John Wesley was converted in one evening in London when he went to a church there and he heard Martin Luther's preface to St Paul's letter to the Romans being read. It's about 12 pages long, it's not, not very long. 
and it's so beautifully worded. And that's what converted John Wesley. And he went up and down England, up and down the United Kingdom, um, preaching and teaching. His brother Charles was a great hymn writer and lovely hymns. One of my favourites is Hark the Herald Angels Sing and uh, just a, a beautiful hymn writer. And uh, yes, so the Wesley brothers um, have been a great blessing to the church and it's interesting to know that their origins go back to uh, Martin Luther. But you think of the, the church through the ages is a very, very broad stream, a very, very big stream. And then the final hymn that we sang this morning, number 739, again, it's got a lovely tune. Uh, when the, I'll read the first verse. When the king shall come again, all his power revealing, splendour shall announce his reign, life and joy and healing. Earth no longer in decay, hope no more frustrated. This is God's redemption day, longingly awaited. Now, again, this is from the Bohemian Brethren and their Gesangbuch. The footnote tells us it's based on Isaiah 35. The hymn was written by Christopher Idle, an Englishman, and you can hear Isaiah 35 ringing out, especially in the beautiful words of verse 3. Fulfilled in Jesus and the Apostles too. Remember, in the early chapters of Apostle, there's a lame man lying there by the beautiful gate in Jerusalem and Peter and John go past and that lame man gets up from his bed and not only uh, is he able to walk again, but he is, as this hymn says, walking, running, leaping. He's actually leaping. Verse 3. Strengthen feeble hands and knees, fainting hearts be cheerful. God who comes for such as these seeks and saves the fearful. Now the deaf can hear the dumb, sing away their weeping. Blind eyes see the injured come, walking, running, leaping. And that's what we have to look forward to in heaven one day. In Jesus' name, amen. And peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.